Hello and welcome to the Inside the Orange podcast. The podcast all about understanding the people around us. Today's episode is a pre-recorded interview I did back in October with former Watford and Brentford goalkeeper Richard Lee. It links in to the mistakes episode of episode 6 of the podcast where I mentioned about goalkeepers being defined by their mistakes. This is the Inside the Orange podcast with the first line of defence with Richard Lee. Let's get into the episode. So yeah, so the podcast today is with uh, former Watford and Brentford goalkeeper Richard Lee. Uh, Richard, welcome to the show. Great to be on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time today. Um, so a little bit of a background. I kind of started speaking to you a few years ago um, when my son was going through a bit of a confidence crisis as a, as a goalkeeper. I reached out to you and you were so kind to kind of come back to me and uh, and give give some advice directly to, to Liam. Um, so kind of the first question I want to ask today is how much, uh, sorry, how important do you feel it is that youngsters do or don't pay attention to the so-called experts you see in the game? Yeah, it's it's interesting now because I think with punditry, uh, when it comes to football, and if you watch Sky Sports, for instance, there's not many that are able to offer specific goalkeeping punditry. So, for instance, you'll get the likes of Gary Neville, um, the likes of Graham Sooner, some of these guys are well-known and well-respected, and they'll be giving their thoughts on goalkeeping, which, look, often it's right, but there's often times where they'll miss, they'll miss uh, certain intricate details that I think are quite important for goalkeepers. And also, I think that goalkeeping just generally, and, and obviously we've touched on this before, but goalkeeping, it, it is different to any other position. Not the obvious things that you use your hands and no one else does, but it's just different in that you are effectively playing a sport within a sport. You're playing an individual sport within a team environment. And so the psychology, the, the mental aspect of the position is just completely different to anything else. So I think, and this isn't just goalkeeping, this applies then to, I suppose, anything you do in life, but certainly when it comes to being a goalkeeper, if you can get advice from those who are doing it at a very high level, that will help because they've, they've already walked your path. They've walked the path you want to go down. So if you can speak to top-level professionals, if you can, you know, we do, we do some podcasts and what have you as well, or if you can just go on YouTube and look up some of these top professionals and see if you can get as much information as you possibly can because, of course, that information is going to be useful and it will help you avoid certain pitfalls. So it's something that I, I hugely recommend if you can get access, which, which you can now because of the internet, you can get access in, to some incredible information out there. Okay, so just, just for the fact you've just mentioned you have got a podcast. So what's your podcast that you do? Because that's obviously a goalkeeper-related one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good opportunity to plug that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, if you just look up Goalkeepers Union on any, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, so iTunes, Spotify, wherever you look, uh, Goalkeepers Union. We've done, we've done interviews with the likes of Tom Heat and Joe Hart, Ben Foster, Asmid Begovic, Nick Pope, uh, you, you name it, we've done an interview with them. And because of my interest being in mindset and being fascinated by why some games you can turn up and be so confident and the next game you can turn up and be so nervous and how it changes day to day. Because of that, a lot of the conversations we end up having are in regards to mindset and, and confidence and how you can structure yourself best to make sure that you've, you've, you've got the best chance of having a good performance. Okay. So what would you say is a goalkeeper's best asset then in, in their game? 
so I think that, I mean, there's certain assets that are important. So people will use the general terms like shot stopping and distribution and what have you. I suppose I like to break it down to what a, a young goalkeeper, for instance, can control. So because uh, often you'll have you'll have one great game, one bad game. But it's not necessarily about the number of good games, the number of bad games. Certainly for me, it's just all about improvement. So I think I'll always talk about mindset. It's quite a general term. But I think if you've got the mindset where you're just willing and wanting to improve, looking for those extra areas of your game that can make you that little bit better. Now, that might be that you become a bit quicker, a bit sharper. So you're doing lots of fast feet work. It might be that you improve your reactions. You're doing lots of work close in. Again, if you want to improve your distribution, then break the game down and figure out how can you improve your kicking off the floor, your kicking from the hands, your throwing. Um, shot stopping, look, if it is then having shot after shot from the edge of the box and, and working on long-range long shots. I mean, I remember when I was younger, one of the best things for me was just going out with my friends uh, in the park and it would just be them having shots for hours and hours and hours. Now, there wasn't anything really structured to it, but the key thing was, was that I was enjoying it. And I think if you enjoy anything, then naturally you're going to want to do it more and you're going to pick up things quicker. And you'll learn by doing, you'll learn by making mistakes. And that for me is another key thing. Like, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Know that with each mistake you make, that's another great opportunity for you to learn something new, which in turn will then make you a better goalkeeper. Okay, that's brilliant. The, uh, I did a, uh, an episode last week about, about mistakes. Um, so what, what do you find frustrating? So I, I hear the term in football a lot, as goalkeepers, as the wrong hand. And I'm guilty. I've said it to Liam before. I think you used the wrong hand. How frustrating is it to hear that as an ex-pro? And is it is it the wrong terminology, the wrong hand? Can you clarify that? Yeah, it's an interesting... Yeah, no. Do you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it is, by the way. Sometimes it is. And what I'd say is that goalkeepers got different techniques. It's not a right or a wrong way of being a goalkeeper. That That's what I must say. Like, I'm watching... I'm watching Mendy at the weekend, for instance, and I'm really impressed with him so far. But because of his frame, quite tall, quite slender, he will make a lot of saves with his feet in the same way that Nick Pope does, in the same way that David De Gea does. Yet you'll see other goalkeepers, I suppose I would have been a good example, where I would have set a little bit lower and I'll rather go in my hand and, and shoot down quickly and try and tip around the post than go in my feet. But, but that, that's because of my frame. And actually, do you know what? If I was airframe, I would also be going with my feet. So as an example, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong way. David De Gea is a great example of someone who prefers the top hand. He will prefer to dive more horizontally and make a top hand save, whereas I would often be moving, sort of get a step in and try and go with the lower hand, so to speak, but make the save that way. And again, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong. It's just when the ball goes in the net at that point, and then people will suggest that maybe you should go a different way. But if you've built a technique it's very hard to have both techniques because if you have the same ball some will prefer top hand some will prefer lower hand and i think uh, but it is a term that has become a popular term it's the whole you know beat that is near post he flaps the crosses these kind of cliches that you hear i think that the wrong hand has now become a bit of a cliche term as well okay you mentioned earlier on about mindset so about yourself so how um, important has your mental strength been um, in your career in and post football uh, huge. And, you know, this is one of the things where uh, one of the things I, I, I look back, and I'm so grateful for. And it's not just goalkeeping, it's any position, but certainly when it comes to goalkeeping is the mindset that I've now got for everything that I do now that was born out of becoming you know, a professional goalkeeper. Because I think the mindset of the goalkeeper, going back to what I said before, has to be of continual improvement, constant improvement. And you know what? You'll have some good games, you'll have some bad games. You can't 
guarantee you're going to have a good game every time you play football. You just can't. But what you can do is you can make yourself the best goalkeeper you possibly can, which will, of course, give you a better chance of having more good games than bad games. And that then has applied to, I suppose, everything I've done thereafter. So yeah, I've always had a keen interest in business when I was playing and then since, uh, since I've retired and even how I structure my days. And I still do the same now that I did when I played football, which would be when I played football, it might have been gym in the morning with some uh, outfield, uh, some training out on the pitch, maybe some analysis work and whatever else. I kind of do the same thing now where I might do my workout in the morning. Then I'll analyze goalkeepers for a couple of hours. Then I'll make some phone calls. Then I'll do whatever I do. And I think actually a lot of the skills you learn, the mental skills you learn as a goalkeeper, they're going to help you. And certainly they help me in a big way in day-to-day life. That's absolutely brilliant, mate. So what would Richard Lee, as now, I won't mention your age, but what would you mention now to a 20 or 20-year-old Richard Lee at the beginning of his career and as he was drawing to the end of his career? What would your advice be to both those guys? Yeah, great question. I think that it would be, you know, it's a classic one. When you're a bit older, you obviously wish you were younger again and you <laughs> wish you knew what you knew. And actually, a lot of this, and this is where you'll often get advice and it doesn't necessarily sink in when you're younger. And you look back and you think, oh, do you know what? They, they were trying to teach me something and actually I probably should have listened to them. And what I would say to myself now, uh, two things really. I mean, the first is that don't take it too seriously. Like that's probably one because I think that it's very easy to get caught up in it. And it, it you know, the, 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 uh, the saying of it being more than a game, but ultimately it's just a game. It's a game that you want to be really good at. Yeah, if you get to a high level, you're going to have people on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, calling you every name under the sun, you know, and there's other things you'll have to deal with. But it is still a game and it's a game that should be enjoyed. And it's a game that ultimately all you can do is give your best. So I think the advice would be, look, just enjoy it and have a mindset, going back to what I said before, which is just every day, how can I be better to, uh, today than I was yesterday? Keep it as simple as that. And I look at some of the best that are out there and going back to the, some of the podcasts we've done and actually some of the interesting conversations we had with the likes of Tom Heaton with Ben Foster's a great example because the way, and you can see it, the way that he approaches not just goalkeeping, but life is with a smile on his face. And, I'd much rather be like that. But I've been on the other side. I've seen, you know, a good example at the moment is Kepa, where you look at Kepa and he, you can see his body language. He's not in a great place at the moment. He's finding it tough and it does. It, it becomes overwhelming and it can be such a horrible place to be at times. But if you can just somehow flip that, you can understand that confidence is born from within. Nobody should ever have the power to make you confident. Similarly, they should never have the power to take your confidence. Um, one of the sayings as well that I quite like is, he who angers you owns you. The idea that if somebody can make you angry, you've lost. Like, be able to take control of that power yourself by understanding your thoughts and understanding how you can use your thoughts to feel, uh, to, to, feel, to feel positive, to feel in a good place, to enjoy what it is that you do. So, look, long-winded answer, but, but basically what I'd go back and say to my 20-year-old self is enjoy it, give your best, and just improve every single day. Keep it as simple as that. That's brilliant. Um, so a little bit on yourself now. So what's the future got for you? So um, what? Yeah, what, what's now and what, what are you doing going forward? Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, um, I suppose it's been five and, a, five and a half years now since I retired. So it's, it's crazy how quickly it, it goes. But I think now I, had a, I think like most footballers I had a, a tough couple of years when first retired because it's kind of been going from 
the life of a footballer to not being one and the, the change in your day-to-day and, and everything else. But where I've been quite lucky is I think I had the realisation, what's my skill set? What is it that I enjoy doing? Look, I love goalkeeping. That's me. Yeah, you ask me about pretty much any goalkeeper in the world, I'll be able to give you quite a concise opinion of that goalkeeper. So I was like, right, that's that's the strength that I have. Uh, I, I love being with people. I love uh, helping, uh, certainly... So then, you know, effectively now it's trying to find what I can do that involves goalkeeping, involves helping. I'm quite entrepreneurial. So what's ended up happening, and certainly the last couple of years it's gone very well, is I work with a lot of uh, top-level professionals where um, I help advise effectively. You know, so if they've had a bad game or had a good game, yeah, be able to be there, a bit of a sounding board for them. Obviously, I've got some education in this area, so I'm able to offer some good advice to them. And then we have a lot of goalkeeping schools as well, which have grown nicely over the last few years. Um, got a good handful in the UK and a couple of other places around the world. And that's something as well I'd love to dedicate a bit more time to. And the, the podcast, you know, it's, it's great to be able to, in the same way that you're doing here, to be able to give good information to people, information that might just help them a little bit when they're having a tough time or help them get to the next level in whatever it is they do. So those are the three main projects that I, that I have. And, and alongside that, having fun, you know, I think that, uh, it's very easy to get caught up in in the day to day, and you know life passes by very quickly. Like I'm seeing that more and more these days. So actually, just making time to go and do the things you enjoy as much as you possibly can, and putting in the work when you put in the work. That's brilliant, Rich. One other, one last question for you. Again, based on my uh, last episode, which was um, again about mistakes, and I don't want to just be say using goalkeepers and mistakes in the same sentence. But how do you see? kind of mistakes in the goalkeeper's game do you are, are there as many mistakes as is made out no and this is where it's it's um again it's kind of the mindset it's it's the thought towards a mistake like you'll you hear it on tv where there'll be like you know a howler or an error and it's kind of seen as this like evil thing and people will be picking holes in a goalkeeper's game often people that have never played in goal by the way so goalkeepers off you know goalkeepers will watch footage and i'm sure goalkeepers listening in now will be the same as as i am where they watch it pulling their hair out sometimes because you've stood there, you've understood what it's like when you face that shot and it's moving all over the place and you've got the commentator saying, oh, why is he not catching it? And, well, you didn't catch it because it only needs to move an inch and that means you're not going to catch it because of the way in which your hands are set and if it moves late, then you're just not going to catch it. So I think what I would say, and this comes back to the, probably the first question you asked about punditry, where I like that I'm seeing the likes of Robert Green doing a bit more on Sky Sports News now. I want to see, I've, you know, I've done bits and pieces. I'd love to see more goalkeepers analysing goalkeepers' game because I don't think it's right that outfield players do that because it's, it is a different sport. It's very difficult for them to precisely analyse. Because then what I think you'll find is when I watch a goalkeeper, it's not the big errors or the big saves. It's the small things. It's the positioning on a through ball. It's a decision to come or stay. It's the positioning on an in-swinging cross, an out-swinging cross. It's your body language. It's your communication with those in front of you. It's the speed of feet. It's the foot patterns. It's these tiny details that a lot of the commentators won't necessarily see. So I might point out a mistake to you, or, you know, inverted commas, a mistake, that nobody knows or nobody's seen. But that just might be a tiny little area that we can help improve that goalkeeper to make them that little bit better. So... Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of the mistakes that are highlighted, even, by the way, the other side as well, some of the great saves that are highlighted, goalkeepers will look at and be like, mm, that was okay, you know, I, that was a 5 out of 10 save, but they'll go crazy about it on TV and make out as if it's this world-class save. So I think you kind of have to take everything that's being said to you with a pinch of salt, and if you can 
be the type of person that looks at things objectively. Uh, you know, sometimes I do put the TV on mute just so that I'm not listening to what they're telling me and look at it objectively and make your own mind up. What could they have done better? What did they do well? Because there's always something you can do better. So this then goes back to what we said before about having the mindset where don't be fearful of mistakes. Mistakes will happen, but keep going back to that mindset of what can I do better? Even if you make a great save, there's still something you possibly could have done better. So have that mindset and enjoy the fact that you're improving all the time because it is, I mean, it's such a productive mindset to have. No, that's right. I mean, you, you put a point there about the, 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 the shot direction thing. I think what's quite pointed out to me, I watched the Watford versus Bournemouth game the other day, um, and Asmi Begovic, uh, there was a couple of shots, I believe uh, Domingos Queen, I put a few shots in, and they bent, and he parried them. And again, used the, 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 the commentator used the word, par- oh, he's parried it away. But when you watch the replay back, which again, the goalkeeper's only got that one chance to see it. When you watch the replay back, that ball moves. So I, I totally understand what you're saying there. So in terms of the, the younger players that you have coming through, do, do you kind of ask them to look at certain older pros? Like Begovic is, is an older pro now. Do you ask him to look at certain styles that goalkeepers use to, to deal with difficult situations? Yeah, absolutely. I think look, watching footage of some of the best in the world is, is a great way to go. And I think... I, so I go back to what I said before about taking what you hear from the commentators with a pinch of salt. It was a great save for those who watched the game at the weekend at the time of recording the uh, Man United-Chelsea game. And Mendy made a couple of saves. One very last minute or right very at the end, full stretch to his left. It was actually the one before that to his right where, for those that can remember it, and I'll try and picture it, he's effectively turned off the post and there was a shot from about 20 yards that's gone back into the corner and he's dived back on himself and he's parried it round for a corner. Now, the commentary was... Uh, you know, pretty comfortable save there for Mendy. You know, read it well, pretty comfortable save. Well, actually, from a goalkeeping specialist point of view, I would look at that and you break it down. His movement was fantastic. He's turned off the post. He's set. He hasn't got his weight too much on his left, too much on his right. He's neutral with his weight. He's been able to read the play, read the body language of the player shooting. So he starts to go slightly early. Great power, great spring. Tips it around the post. What a save. But that won't get commentated on like that because, again, I'm seeing it as a goalkeeper, understanding what the goalkeepers had to do. So what I'll often say to a lot of these young goalkeepers, absolutely, watch the top-level pros. Often don't listen to the commentators because they won't see what you and I see because the more you understand goalkeeping, and I call it goalkeeping intelligence, so I almost talk about it as if it's like a subject at school. Like, if you could study goalkeeping, can you become an A in goalkeeping, an A-plus in goalkeeping? If you can then you'll start to see the game differently, read the game differently. You might not get credited by your manager for that through ball that you came and cleared, but you know yourself that you've read the game brilliantly, you've made a good decision, you've executed it perfectly, and you'll get a real sense of satisfaction knowing that you're performing at a high level, but you just need to accept that often a lot of other people won't necessarily see that. And that's where then, you know, go back to the idea of goalkeeping being a subject of school. Yeah, your lesson and your homework is to go and watch as many goalkeepers as you can. Get on YouTube, type in the name of every top goalkeeper, watch as much footage and ask yourself questions as you're watching the goalkeeper. What do you like about them? What is it that makes them look, what's their body language like? Have they got their shoulders hunched or are they chest out? Do they look confident? Are they screaming and shouting? Do they look like they're in control? What's their movement like? How do they set? Are they, are they narrow? Are they wide? Do they go with their feet? Do they go with their hands? All these kind of questions you can ask yourself. And as you're watching, you will be learning. It's one of the best ways in which you can learn. There's far too many goalkeepers that will just think that they're learning when they're out doing training and catching volleys, catching half volleys. No, you can learn all the time. Even thinking about the game you've got coming up at the weekend, 
again, it's a great way to prepare the mind for the game. And again, you're learning all the time. Okay, that's fantastic. Great answer there, Rich, to be fair. Um, I've got a couple of quick questions just to, before we finish. So um, I think you're quite well-renowned when you were at Brentford for a couple of penalty saves, if I'm right, in a certain competition. You're, you're smiling at me on the camera, I can see. You remember them. Um, what's important for a goalkeeper to remember when they're facing a penalty? Um, first and foremost, have the belief you're going to save it. I think it's important that you believe you're going to save it because I think, yeah, if you kind of step up and think, oh, I'll give it a go, let's see what happens, then you probably won't save it. So what I always say, there's a few different cues. Look at the player, look at the run-up, uh, see if you can see anything that might give you a bit of an idea. So, for instance, if it's quite a narrow, straight run-up, the chances are they'll probably come across themselves. The type of player is a big, strong centre-half. They're probably just going to blast it. If it's a tricky winger, he might try and pull it back across himself or do a little panenka. So try and gauge the player, gauge the situation. And then what I'd say is once you've made your mind up, you've got three decisions, which is left, right or centre. That's it decide if you're going to go left go all out if you're going to go right go all out if you're going to stay central do it you might get a bit of stick because for some reason commentators give goalkeepers stick when they stay stay central but the, the stats show that i don't know what it is 20 or 30 percent of penalties go down the middle so absolutely if you want to stay down the middle you do exactly that be strong in your beliefs and yeah once you've made your decision then then live by it that's brilliant and i can't have you on my show without speaking about watford so come on what's your favorite memory while you're at watford football club Oh, let me think. Uh, I mean, there was loads. I mean, I was there from 10 years old till I was 27. So, I mean, crazy to think back, you know. And uh, even now, actually, funnily enough, I, had a, I, went and saw, I had a good catch with Lady Mariappa yesterday. Uh, I saw him for lunch. And I went in. Uh, I still see. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's such a big part of my life. Even now, I still see the likes of Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Doyley from time to time. And a lot of the lads that I was in youth team with and uh, professional with there. So, yeah, look, it was a huge, huge part of my life. In terms of memories, specific memories, I mean, the Premier League year that I, I played a handful of games, I think I played 11 games that year, and although we got relegated to play at Old Trafford, to play in an FA Cup semi-final, uh, to play at Man City uh, and, and manage to draw nil-nil at the Etihad, or I think it's called the City of Manchester Stadium then, but to, yeah, to play in some of the games like that against some of the world's best, to play against Ronaldo, Rooney, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Um and then some of the games, some of the big wins we had, you know, some of the games in the championship that I remember and other cup games, making the semi-final in my first proper season there. And then unfortunately missing out with injury uh, against Liverpool. Yeah, no, there's some uh, yeah, amazing times. And it's, it's really nice to be able to go back, well, from time to time, not at the moment, for obvious reasons. But, you know, I, I know even now I still only live uh, a mile from the ground. So, you know, it's quite nice to, to be able to, to get back there from time to time and, yeah, forever be in my blood. Awesome. Well, Rich, as I say, I, I appreciate you so much for even just coming into my life and just having a little bit of a chat with Liam a couple of years ago when he needed it. There is a lot of people out there that wouldn't do that. And you can tell from you the fact that you did that just how much goalkeeping and the game does mean to you. So from the bottom of my heart, I do thank you wholeheartedly for that. And it's kept Liam in the game and Liam's only come on leaps and bounds since that conversation. So again, I, I want to say thank you personally for that as well. No, brilliant. No, my pleasure. Delighted that he's doing well. Thank you very much. Well, that's uh, I'll call that the end of the episode today. So, uh, Richard Lee, thank you so much for your time. Goodbye and take care. Fantastic. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If this podcast is something you enjoy, then please subscribe to the podcasts and make sure you like and share so more people can hear our message. Remember, if you have any questions for me or my guests, you can get in touch via our website, insidetheorange.co.uk on Twitter at OrangeWatts on Instagram at InsideTheOrange 
or on Facebook on the Inside the Orange podcast. And finally, there's the email of insidethisorange at gmail.com. All these links will be available in the description. Thanks for listening. Goodbye and take care.